Therapy session is what we call it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's great. I mean, I mean, moments of reflection are, are wonderful, right? Yeah. Because you get to like kind of think about where you are and what you're doing and what your story is, and you don't often have that necessarily unless you're going home and talking about that kind of thing. You know? But like, you you get to be reflected. That's great. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. There's you know there's several podcasts out there. I guess in this area that that are more like building science related. I don't know if you know mm. Mike, Michael or Matt Reisinger. Yeah, he's got kind of a show podcast. That guy's like the Bob Villa. Of <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's everywhere. Always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. But we wanted something that was kind of more about the individual, like your story, yeah. your journey, and then you know, if, and, and it teases into architecture, and it'll tease into construction and development mm -hmm. and, and all that. So cool, yeah. awesome. That's great. Yeah, we were. I was toying around with a with a podcast idea. Uh, Jordan kind of inspired it. My business partner. Okay. And um, I really wanted to have like warm, easy conversations with people that I've known in Austin for a long time. It would be about affordability, but like it would a lot, you know, really be about like specific projects. Mm -hmm. right? Where did you kind of like, you know, kind of meet affordability in your project and telling that storyline and um, having people that I've known forever, yeah, you know, in this town that do it in different ways. Like, you know, talking to Aaron Franklin, like, mm -hmm. what do you do about affordability with your, your staff? Yeah. You know, I've known that guy forever since way before he was Franklin barbecue. Um, and you know, uh, different individuals, uh, Andy Brown, you know, who's Travis County judge. I've known him forever. Like went to college with him, you know? Um, so just like having these stories. So I, I, I think easy, natural conversations are really good. Well, that's it. Really it's appealing it. rather yeah. than like, formalized kind yeah. of very measured you know um um conversations where you're really trying to get somewhere on it i think it's i don't know it's less appealing less yeah. natural less like you don't want to listen to that as much but yeah yeah, yeah. cool there's a i was uh i was at a meeting a group meeting yesterday i'm on this uh committee and they're talking about and it, and it it's it's an interesting topic because we me I get so in, insular in terms of what affordability affordability means mm -hmm. and we've been talking about our staff like it's hard to staff because yeah uh, you know salaries increase because our our um our living has increased and so on and so on and so what I didn't realize and we've known that but. What I didn't realize is how big this problem is, right? Because yeah. given Tesla and and the medical center and all these billion dollar projects, there's five projects that they were, were talking about in our in Austin alone that will happen regardless of this economy, that will happen regardless of the election, that will happen regardless of anything. These trains are moving. Yeah. And that's probably I don't know. I'm, I, I, th these numbers are are not accurate, but it's in the realm of like a, a $10, $10 billion over the next five years. Yeah. That's happening. Yeah. And the problem is, is is that what will crush Austin is these when these projects happen. If we cannot sustain provide labor mm -hmm. for these jobs, mm -hmm. like we can't provide labor right now. We're fifteen thousand workers short of yeah. of the, of what our industry needs and right. each year we've got to add 10,000 workers to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so if our worker if we can't provide labor, 
then the word's going to get out. Uh, oh, and there's this other semiconductor thing that's mm -hmm. coming to Austin that mm -hmm. is like, there's five places in the world and Austin will be one of those. Mm -hmm. And it's like, all right, well, that'll crush Austin. Mm -hmm. Word will get out that we can't support our, our industry, it's, much less living. Yes. Right? So, so it's like a dominoing. So much of that is like, you know, code and regulation. Because if you look at other cities in Texas that are growing, and yes, you're right, like, Austin is on the forefront, right? It's it it has so much going for itself in in terms of projects and um, in terms of tech and all of that. But you know, Houston doesn't have the housing ratio issue that mm. that Austin has. Um, and you go around in Houston, and it it looks like the neighborhood you live in, man. Yeah, it looks like Cuernavaca. Yeah, it's like <clears throat> you know, um, it's more permissive. Um, of different types, building types, mm -hmm. and uh, less restrictive on what kind of housing you create. Mm -hmm. And that has an effect yeah. on how much housing you can kind of uh, deliver to your city. And you need those housing options. That's where Missing Middle has gotten pretty popular, right? Mm, yeah. It's like now code for, you know, so many people into affordability, and going back in time and creating housing that wedges itself into big cities in different shapes and forms. And you, can, you can't do missing middle housing. Yeah. So you can't even do that kind of thing in Austin with such an antiquated code. Yeah. Um, and so that's our biggest hang up. You know, our, uh, our ability to create housing um, as our city grows, as the need for staff in all of these industries, architecture, tech, you know, wherever it is, it grows. Where are they going to live in Austin? Yeah. And if you can't make it, if you can't deliver it, you know, um, and you can't get creative about creating housing, then, you know, it's hard to find spots in central Austin mm -hmm. to provide for these these staff members. And mm -hmm. so that becomes a bottleneck. I mean, anywhere we go, eat, you know, if we go and um, grab lunch after this uh, and we head over to uh, uh, any spot on Lamar over here, none of these guys live in Austin. Yeah. They don't live in Austin. Mm -hmm. You can ask him. I mean, I do it. I make it a habit every once in a while. It's like, where do you live? What do you you nearby, what's the deal, you know? Mm -hmm. Unless you're near the campus or a campus where there are students. Yeah. Nobody lives here. Yeah. They don't live in Austin. Yeah. They commute. So, yeah, totally. It's... Well, how, how did you get involved in this and how did you get so passionate about it? Oh, so it was not something that I saw coming, actually. Okay. Um, I had, as Mark knows, because Mark and I have a history together, uh, this guy... I mean, he saw my five-year uh, age um, just starting my first design-build business. Uh, we worked on a project in East Austin. Mark was still kind of young in your career, right? Yeah, I, I mean, just moved were, here. Yeah, you just moved here. Yeah. And um, I had 2008 hit, the recession hit, and my boss at the time, I was a carpenter, he, um, Branson Fustis over at Pilgrim Building, he uh, he recognized that I had a lot of ideas about design, mm -hmm. build. And so the recession hit and he said, yeah, go out and do them. Like, be a spark, do something. Yeah. 
So I was doing lots of odd jobs, and then I got a job uh, as a general contractor working on this house in East Austin. Mark was doing some drawings for it, some permit drawings, and uh, I ended up working for Raymond for like two years. He was super creative, dude. <laughs> I can't even remember how I got introduced to that. I, I have no idea how I got connected to. Was it Joshua Bingaman? Maybe. Over. I was trying to remember. Do you know that? Do you know yeah, Joshua? You know Joshua, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's how I got to know Raymond. So, anyways, I was in I was in general contracting all of a sudden, mm-hmm. and then I had small group of carpenters working for me. One of them being Aaron Franklin. Okay. Uh, so that ties oh, wow. that story yeah. together because okay. he was was he out there when? Oh yeah, he probably, was out there, and he had dreams of like starting a food truck <laughs> at the time. And uh, what, what time was this? Like, what year was this? Uh, this was two thousand or was that eight? Uh, two thousand eight. Yeah, some somewhere around there. Yeah, two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. Yep. And uh, I remember going out to lunch with Aaron, and he was yeah he was helping me with some carpentry. And we went out to lunch, and he had so much to say about the sandwich he was eating. <laughs> and I, I was—I I remember noting to myself, "You've got—you've got some insight here. Yeah. You really are into food, aren't yeah. you? Like this is this is a thing for you." And then, like a year later, he had his food truck on Thirty Eighth Street and um, I thirty five, and um, and then he had a line out the door ever since. Hmm. Um, so it was those days and general contracting, getting my first gig. Liking that, that was the only gig that I had where I had a super creative, flexible client who was just kind of, all right, let's try this out today. Let's do this. And so we we, we experimented a lot. Uh, after that, after Raymond's job, I was doing, um, I guess this is the transition. I was working with a lot of first-time homeowners, mm-hmm. and our budget was their equity in their house. And it was... Can we get 500 extra square feet and improve the value of your home? Can we renovate your house? What can we do? And it would always be, here's our dream list. This is what we want to do. This is what we can do because your house is 40 years old and you have to make all these other updates in your house. Mm-hmm. Uh, here are our limitations. And so I would do turnkey. I was, uh, you know, I would do the design work, um, do the permitting, and then eventually do the general contracting. So when I met my current business partners for industry ATX, uh, doing affordable housing and, and, and trying to provide um, that kind of work, I felt like I was kind of already in there. I was, mm-hmm. I was sustaining, you know, Austinites that were in central Austin that needed to grab more value in their home. And, I feel like I was already working with those people mm, okay. um, in that way. So when we started talking about affordable housing and how to meet that market and how to how to solve that problem, um, I feel like I was already kind of in that mindset. And also being a musician, I just, you know, I have a lot of friends uh, in the service industry, in the music industry, in Austin, uh, in live music. And just very, very acutely aware of, you know, their needs. Yeah. And, you know, being there myself at, you know, a certain point in my life too, just knowing what that, what that was like. Yeah. How to, how to be like, you know, part of the music capital, but yet not have the resources you need to thrive and to exist. 
Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, one of the kind of overlapping, um, I would say, uh, just mindsets of myself and, you know, the two others that I work with is that, uh, we're deeply invested into the, to the, into the, into music in Austin. Yeah. Yeah. And so that became a common thread as well. Is that how you met them? Kind of. How did you run into? Yeah. Jordan was, so, um, I was competing for a large grant, uh, on the music scene. There's this amazing, amazing organization called black fret that is now sonic guild oh i think they transitioned their name just recently yeah in the last couple of years it was black fret at the time but uh they they find uh musical talent in austin uh and they award 20 artists songwriters and or bands uh a grant of like i think it's twenty thousand. maybe it's upwards of that now twenty five thousand dollars after a year of having them perform for their organization yeah. and in public. So I was, I was, comp- I was inside that program, um, in my, uh, 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 with Paladuro, which is my, uh, my band or my, uh, singer songwriter, a moniker. And I was competing and Jordan was all on the inside the organization. So he mm-hmm. was one of the, the members. And so I had no idea that, we were interfacing in that way, but, um, yeah, that was happening. And then, so there was a passion for music and, um, and then we were introduced to our first project, uh, the property for it, uh, in South Austin, the industry summit project. Mm -hmm. And we kind of, um, partnered on that land, not knowing exactly what we're going to do with it, but we started talking about, uh, workforce housing, affordable housing Mm -hmm. and, that kind of stuck with yeah. us. Yeah, I have a question for you. And this is going to be outside of the, where we're going with this conversation, but it's I think it's relevant now that I just heard yeah. what you just said. <clears throat> how do you think about for both you guys actually because you've been around Austin a long time now? How do you think about the direction Austin's going in when at the same time you've got all this money and people and all this these new cultural you know aspects coming in, but at the same time it's getting more difficult for the people that that I think really made the soul of Austin, the artists, the musicians, the creators, the makers can't afford to stay here kind of where we started the conversation Mm -hmm. and those folks are moving out. So like, what, how do you, how do you see that transition in Austin? Because Austin, in my experience, and I've traveled all over the country, it's one of those special places that has a soul to it, Yeah, you know, and, and it seems like that's being compromised a little bit now. Definitely. Hold on, let me interject before Mark takes the first one. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you from? I was born here. You were born in Austin? But I was raised in Dallas. But you were raised in Dallas. But I was born here, raised in Dallas, came back and went to school here, went back to Dallas, and then came back in 2012. Okay, all right, cool. All right, so you you know Austin. I, I yeah. yeah. You know, you've like, you've seen it. You've, I've been here, okay. yeah. Okay, I just, I've always had that question in the back of my head, so I, I got it out, but yeah. I'm gonna let Mark go. Yeah, well. my opinion is we're not doing anything about it. Right. And it's about to sail. And so the hard truth is the creatives are, they don't have a place. Yeah. And, and the, 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 the creatives are, are my gut is, and I don't know for sure is that they're leaving. Yeah. 
and the music capital, the art, everything that was the backbone, the like this free nature, it's 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 leaving. Yeah. Like it's on it. It's got this little small tether because that's what Austin was. Yeah. But Austin is not that anymore, right? We're a tech company. I mean, we're a tech city, and yeah, we've got gobs and gobs of money, but that creative industry is is not mm. not really relevant anymore. Mm-hmm. And and we're we hold on to this bubble that we used to live in, and it's not there. Yeah, and <clears throat> we may have had the opportunity to change that. And it really starts with the city and providing the, that infrastructure and really believing in it and stabilizing it and allowing those folks or, you know, that were, that are, and were, that were and are myself and probably Michael to, to some degree, um, that opportunity to find those roots internal of mm-hmm. Austin, like in the city limits, but they didn't, you know, we didn't, we didn't, we, we, we couldn't make, we couldn't find that lever to maintain whatever that is. Like you could look at multiple cities all throughout the world that have, uh, that prof- have provided opportunity for artists to stay within their, their, the city realm, mm-hmm. but we didn't do it. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and it's unfortunate, right? Cause it is lost and it's something that we're holding on to as an idea but it's not, it's yeah. really not here. Yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's hard truth. So no, no, I think, I, I think you have to say <laughs> what you said. And, um, and, and I think that there is uh, a lot of truth in that. I'm going to, I'm going to take this opportunity to add the positive side. to it. <laughs> <laughs> there is a pot, yeah. like yeah. It, it, there, there is, there are artists and there are opportunities, but, Man, it's just like yeah. they're they're suffering to make it work. I think I think what's so appealing about Austin is kind of something that you introed this question with, which is the historically we I mean we have a personality, right? We're not like some new city that's being trying we have to have an identity. Yeah, yeah. we're yeah. not you know uh, we're not being tagged with like a slogan that's not true, and you know trying to grow that advertisement for the city. We have an identity. And we've always had it. And luckily, I think that it helps us through really hard times. Um, You know, I think that, you know, because our identity is not just music um, and a little bit film and the university and the tech industry and uh, the capital, I think that that sustains us through really hard times. Mm -hmm. I think we're lucky as architects, builders, planners, developers Mm -hmm. to, to, to be able to go through those hard times and uh, sustain ourselves. Uh, But as Mark was saying, you know, we see other cities that have the same affordability issue, right? And the ship has completely sailed. Mm. Like, what are you going to do, San Francisco? Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do? There's no going backwards. Yeah. You're done, man. Yeah. You know, uh, New York, you're done. Yeah. Are we we marching towards something similar? Okay. So here's my (laughs) my slice of of, of faith and and, and hope. Well, and you have to have hope and faith, right? Because that's, this is the world that we're working in. uh, Yeah. That's the avenue that we're trying to carve out because there's opportunity. Opportunity. Sure. Yeah. So we had this big whack at, you know, uh, rewriting the land development code uh, several years ago. And actually, that's where we got stuck. Our first affordable project 
uh, the one that we're all now working on together mm-hmm. um, in South Austin. We stalled a little bit on that thinking, okay, if this new rewrite on the land development code in Austin changes, you know, that could be big for affordability Mm -hmm. over here. So let's just pump the brakes and wait for that to happen. Okay. It didn't happen. What do we know about that? Like, this is, this is the problem. This is really the problem. You know, we get into these issues of changing our ability to provide affordable housing. And what happens is every single time to the city's credit, and I'm going to, I am going to give them a fist bump right now. They stick their neck out there and they try to endorse either a new land development code rewrite, new programming inside of the, uh, the current code to allow for more uh, affordable development. And every single time they get sued. Yeah. Every single time. Who would have thought a, a loss, one lawsuit would just <laughs> screech and halt? Screeching halt. Yeah. So you got to ask yourself, in Austin, who the hell's bringing this lawsuit every single time? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not going to just like point the hard finger right now, <laughs> but you can look this stuff up. Yeah. It happens every damn time. Mm. And so we get these windows where it's like, boom, here's our opportunity, you know? And let me, I want to be really clear about this. These aren't just like opportunities where the sky's open and you can do anything you want. And they're not like that. Uh, I think that the opportunities that could be created, that the city has tried to create, uh, much with our backing, and a lot of backing of the affordable kind of community and network of architects and builders. And, um, you know, it's an opportunity for us to work in partnership with the city and say, hey, we're doing the planning side of this. This is how it works. Mm-hmm. It's how much it costs. This is, uh, these are our constraints. These are, uh, it's an opportunity really to like dive in to this kind of development, keeping the affordable community, the service community, the workforce housing community, supportive housing community, uh, and 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 really show uh, city officials who also want to be supportive of this. This is how it works. Mm-hmm. You know, these are our constraints. It's compatibility, it's impervious coverage, it's all these things, all inside of this budget. You know, these are our funding options. Like, it's so complicated that we really we really need that opportunity to be good partners with the city of Austin and with other uh, people that want to endorse and help this process move forward and and show them what the obstacles are mm-hmm. so that we can move it forward. But we can't get past these issues. We have a very, very pro council right now yeah. that's ready to do all kinds of things. But, but they're taking baby steps they're taking, in order to get around the lawsuit. And order, yeah, and those lawsuits are slowing everything down. So they're saying, well, we can't tackle this issue because we know it's going to come up in a lawsuit. 
Mm. We know what's coming next. So my question is, you know, I, I mean, we, we've seen cities come and go where the ship has sailed. We have an opportunity right now. Um, and we have a very proactive uh, and supportive city um, to create this kind of housing, this affordable housing that we need at all different levels. And then we have this gigantic, wealthy opposition that is a problem and they need to step out of the way and let people decide on how we navigate our course going what, forward. What's the motivation you think behind that? I mean, what what are they trying to stop? What are they trying to suppress? Like, is it property values? Is it like, wh what's the motivation to to not do more of this affordability without pointing the finger at anybody? But what do you think? What do you think the motivation is? What I think is there. Okay, so there's a fear of uh, of what affordability means. Um, I think sometimes there's a negligence. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have to, when we talk about affordability, I think this is, almost should be said every single conversation, maybe like at the beginning, in the middle, and at the end. <laughs> but like affordability means a lot of things. Um, okay, affordability means, let's just start at the highest group. It means that if you make 120% of the median family income in Austin, you can't afford to buy a home. Yeah. 120%. Yeah. Okay. That's not, we're not talking about the waiter um, at, you know, the restaurant over across the street over here on Lamar. We're talking really about, you know, two school teachers Yeah. at that point. We're talking about a young professional, decent tech job, mm -hmm. just gets out of college. 120%. That's where... That's the high, you know, let's just say that, let's just call that the highest level of affordability. And then you get into the mid-range, 80%, okay? That's a household making eighty dollars to $90,000 a year, okay? So um, that's a household. So that could be two workers in that household, mm -hmm. all right? And then we go down to, you know, I think where this gets scary for some people is when you start talking about supportive housing for the homeless mm -hmm. uh when you talk about you know foster families foster children you get into these deeper networks of affordability okay and people get scared where that's going to be located mm. i mean uh you know you drive you drive in west austin do you see any affordable housing mm-hmm you don't. Um, one of the most successful communities, really, I mean, solved a chunk of affordable housing um, issues in Austin is uh, uh, Community First and um, yeah, amazing project. Yeah. Okay, um, I mean, just super inspiring. They found a way, very determined. <clears throat> They're doing it, yeah. They're doing it, got out there, got people involved, amazing. It's also, nobody sees it, right? Mm -hmm. It's out there, yeah. on a leaf, yeah. on the river, yeah. way out there, You no one sees it. Mm -hmm. Okay, also, probably smart, you know, not gonna ruffle any feathers. Yeah. Um, 
So I just, I think that the bottleneck is like, you know, where, where, when you have all these potential layers of affordability, it can start at 120, it can dip all the way down to 30, 40, 50%, whatever it is. Um, there's a fear of where does it go? Mm -hmm. Where does it happen? Can it happen in my neighborhood? Can it happen down the street? What does that do in my property values? Mm -hmm. You know, if it exists there. Um, and so the concern is financial. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, I just think that this is probably a product of people's financial um, security and wanting to protect it at all costs. And, uh, you know, if they're told it is something and it goes in a certain place, maybe. But when you leave that open to, um, you know, uh, the planners of affordability in the city, it could go anywhere. There's a deep fear mm -hmm. of it and what it means. And I think people should talk about it as much as possible because it does, it can mean, you know, it, it can mean uh, a 30% medium family income resident of Austin. It can mean 80%. It can mean 120%. And there are different levels of this. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I was at a party for a friend of mine, filmmaker, and his wife. They're both filmmakers. They're so rad. We lost them. Uh, they moved to some rural area of North Carolina because they couldn't afford Austin. And um, I was at the going away party at another Austin gym, Don's Depot. Can we landmark that place? <laughs> yeah, I know. Please, for the love of God, can we make sure that that place doesn't ever go anywhere? I want to go there for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, and... You know, I was talking to a friend of theirs at the party, and they're like, yeah, it's like, they live in my old neighborhood, which is um, uh, University Hills, mm -hmm. like, you know, east of, a little bit northeast of 51st Street in Berkman. And um, they were complaining about some project that was happening in their neighborhood. They're like, oh, we walk every morning, there's apartment complex, all of a sudden, it's like, well, what's in it? And they're like, I don't know. And I was like, you find out <laughs> so like i mean there might i mean you you live by the hospital like mm -hmm. there might be 10 20 30 percent affordability in there like that might be housing for nurses or you know staff at the hospital or people that work over near mueller like be interested yeah like ask i mean we do this for a living, so of course we're interested. Yeah. We, this is how we spend our days. But there's a mindset that needs to be kind of, you know, more invested in this. And mm -hmm. I think that, I think that we can all agree. We own if you own a house, or you're 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 living in a city like Austin, um, this should be just part of your interest. Like mm -hmm. you know, you've got a you've got an investment in where you live, so you know, be active, be a part of it. And, um, and don't be fearful. Um, that's what I would say is, you know, it's, um, all those things. Altogether. Mm -hmm. I would say though, that Austin <clears throat> seems like a curious city in that realm, right? They, 
I would imagine, I, my opinion is that we are interested as a city. Now, whether or not you sit on one side of a fence or another, and whether or not you dig in to get the real truth about the information, that's the, like the, <clears throat> the drop off perhaps, but um, it seems like what we do in terms of what we build and how we build and where we build is a, is an ongoing conversation as a, with the city in general. I would agree with you on professionals. Yeah. I, I remember when I was working for Branson, we had um, kind of like a bumper sticker that said on our toolbox, it said developers go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it was just, you know, we were young group of carpenters or whatever. And that was just kind of the consensus. It was like, and here we are building, you know, ten million dollar houses that get torn down and fires. Mm -hmm. So, or you know, what are we, what are we doing? That's yeah. not great, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I I think that um, I do think that the the mindset has changed a lot. Um, when I hang out with my architect buddies and we talk about it. People are seriously pro-development, pro-housing, pro-affordable housing. Um, it has changed. I can remember at a time where it was not that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, we do have to see the uh, the ability to create housing as a good thing in, mm -hmm. in the city. We have to see that as a good thing. Uh, and then, you know, once we kind of get into more nuanced areas of affordability, um, I just, yeah, I think that that's changed. I, I think that that's changed. I can't say whether or not I really think that the average non-real estate architect planning industry person is, I cannot say that they're necessarily invested or knowledgeable about about yeah, it. I, I can't, I can't say that. I, I feel like I have these conversations with my friends all the time and I'm kind of introducing a lot of things to them. Yeah. Maybe the, our neighborhood groups are more vested, but mm, those neighborhoods, true. typically it's 15 folks out of the entire neighborhood that will have a voice, mm -hmm. but those uh, groups for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're volunteering their time to, protect the livelihood of their neighborhood and what they think you're right. I mean, that, yes, for they sure. I mean, they're, they're, they're in it. Um, but I feel like, I feel like, you know, platforms like this are really great. It's like, where, you know, where do you start? How do you get your, you know, how do you, how do you, you know, um, learn about, uh, different topics? I mean, I think podcasts like this, the Chronicle has been doing a really good job. Mm -hmm. yeah. I feel like I pick up the Chronicle every week and, there's an, another yeah. couple of articles. I'm like, this is good. This is yeah. really good. Yeah. I don't, maybe, you know, um, there's a few outlets um, uh, online that are really good. I think there's a couple of voices like Jack Craver. He's yeah. done a good job. Um, and so, yeah, I think that there, there are definitely outlets for it. I think it's in many ways kind of exciting slash terrifying to watch um, as things develop. Um, so I think, there's a lot, so much going on that if we can rope people in, mm -hmm. man, there's a lot of action. 
Yeah. I mean, there is a lot to watch right now yeah. and a lot to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think, I mean, to our point, do you think that anybody knows that the parking rules have changed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if, if, if you and have... I walked out to Half Price Books right now and on the way we grabbed everybody we knew, no, sir. If they if they did, like even yesterday, if they did, they don't know if it's real or not real. Did it pass? Did it not yeah. pass? Or what are we doing? Is this a gray area? Mm-hmm. Who, how do we do this? Yeah. But there's no narrative about what's what has been resolved. I mean, it's that's just, like, just huge. Yeah. I mean, the, the state of Texas, that's just like, that's gigantic. Um, well, in our nation, right? We're, yeah. We're the biggest city that has done that, I believe. Yeah. And then, you know, and then when you put it into the context of, so are you, are you supportive of, 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 of new rail and, yeah, you know, and then it's like, well, they don't, they're not even, sh- maybe they're not sure whether or not the parking thing happened. Mm. <laughs> so, so like, yeah, I mean, it's just. We've got to just like have these, yeah, as many conversations as we can. Mm-hmm. The city is changing so fast. There's so much action happening. Yeah. And um, ultimately, we want people to, whether or not they agree with what you think or anybody else thinks, ultimately, we want people to play a role, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like, I just pick it. Pick a side, you know, get, get on, get on board, get involved. Cause um, yeah, there's just a lot happening. What, what's one thing that you would change to help the affordability cause? Like what, what's one thing besides that code? Um, like what, what would you do? Like what, what's a, what's a not code related, not code related. Like what's something you'd, you'd tackle or want to fix to, to kind of, I mean, along these lines, like the, the educational component, like what kind of outreach can I, like, can I do um, regularly to like get people to kind of, you know, um, just, just pay, you know, mm-hmm. play a role or be interested. Um, I think that would be one big one. I mean, I have, wait, tell me your question again. What, what, if you could take away one of the bigger obstacles notwithstanding code related issues if you could just wipe away one of the big obstacles to to really ushering in more affordability projects like what what would that be Mm. you could remove one obstacle yeah uh to remove an obstacle for affordability that's not code related um and it's not something i mean i guess um not code related to (laughs) Could it be the cost, <laughs> cost so of the box? Maps. What's that? That's cost of the box. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there, there is that, right? Mm-hmm. To, to even build a, a white box with lights and air can like AC. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. Here in Austin mm-hmm. is very different than doing it in, I don't know, 100%. in Waxahachie where, where I grew up. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right. And, how, how do you how do you change our systems to m- really make it affordable? Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's ways to do that, which it, um, but it, it's not necessarily efficient and and easily doable without. Well, you've got land building costs. a team, right? Yeah, you've yeah, got hard costs, cost of yeah. construction. You've got land right. cost. I mean, those are kind of problems that we face no matter what, sure. land code or no land code, but. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so as a developer, when you're looking at that at equation, is it is it more participation from the local government? 
in terms of subsidies to kind of overcome some of that? That would be also a great, uh, I mean, it, you know, changing cost of goods is difficult in trades, especially, you know, because of the reasons that we're, that we're talking about, you know, the average mom and pop electrician, um, plumber that's living here is also having problems trying to afford mm -hmm. living near Austin. And so those trades are going up and, you know, over COVID, so many of those mom and pop shops got gobbled up by, mm -hmm. by, by bigger operations. Right. Um, and so, um, that's an issue, but yeah, more sources for funding mm -hmm. would be, I think that would be a huge one. Yeah. I think, um, we're, we, we've really started networking out, um, outside of the city to try to find other sources, um, so that we can lower the cost of construction. So kind of along these lines, how do you lower the cost of construction? You find subsidies, you mm -hmm. find, uh, outlets out there, low construction loans mm -hmm. uh, from organizations, from grant money, whatever you can find yeah. out there to lower that cost. Yeah. So more, more of that would be great, more investment from the community if you can, the ability to, to raise that money in the community, especially if you're doing like a supportive housing project. Uh, we have a project where we're partnering with another organization here in uh, in in Austin, and <clears throat> you know, you know, the ability to raise that money through that organization to support the housing that we all want to create. I mean, just yeah, the those resources that would be yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. more of those resources would be great. Yeah, more of them. Yeah, it seems like design has a huge part of that too, right? It's it's. Because going back to some of the pushback you're saying you're mm -hmm. getting from putting an affordability project in, in neighborhoods, I can imagine people are like, oh, I, I don't want that product in this neighborhood. Yeah. But it, but from a design standpoint, if it's something that's more significant that adds to it, mm -hmm. um, and if people are aware that that's possible, maybe that would, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. I, mean, I think if you think, if, when you think of low income and, and that, if that's the, the, the label you're going to put on affordability- then you think of, you know, trashy yards and houses that are not kept up properly. I mean, you th and you think about how that's going to affect maybe yours. But it, but if an affordable affordable project comes in and it's designed really nicely and it adds to the the the, the neighborhood, mm -hmm. maybe that lowers people's resistance to it a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it. I think it does. And I think for some people, um. I think that it, it has to do that for yeah. some people. Like, I think that um, the project has to be more attractive. Mm -hmm. And again, this is when you get into the game of like, well, we've just got to create housing that, you know, <laughs> that, that really, that that functions well on in the interior, that, mm -hmm. that is available. And um, so I, I do think that there is kind of like a, there's, there is a mentality that feels like it's needed, this appeal, uh, design appeal to it. And I do think it gets difficult uh, balancing that mm. with the basic and dire need of just creating the housing. Um, but I don't know how you advertise that in advance. Yeah. You know, I don't know how you advertise that in advance because really uh, those, those levers and mechanisms to create the affordable housing happen just with the basic uh, ability to do so within the land development code and within certain programs inside of the city of Austin. Uh, you don't even get to that point where it's like, oh, and we've got 
Odom designing it and we've got Jeremy building it. We don't really get yeah. to that point at all uh, in the discussion until way later. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, yeah. It's uh, I think, I, I think if there's a, uh, I do, I do see a willingness though, uh, like we were talking about earlier, um, you know, where somebody like Odom being in jar being involved in an affordable project saying, okay, I, I'll do, I'll do whatever I can to make this happen. Yeah. I, I want to, I want to go the extra mile yeah. to make this work. Cause I understand how important it is yeah. to be a part of this project. And that's a big deal. So I think that the basic sentiment of we've got professionals, talented professionals and out there that are ready to push this thing to mm -hmm. make it work. Yeah. Just know that that's blanketed. Like that's a support. Like people want to be a part of these projects. They want to make them work. They're willing to make the sacrifices. They're willing to invest their talent. Yeah. 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 Well, Unfortunately, we're kind of getting to the end. Yeah, of the time here. Dang, I, fast. Right. Yeah, it's yeah, fast. Now. But listen, you've got my mind racing, and I, I, I think we, we need to do this again. Yeah, I mean, pretty soon. That's I'll, a, I, cool. Yeah, so I mean, it's got, a good platform, and I think really there's because there's several other things on the topic of what makes it work that yeah. uh -huh. I wanted to add, but. Yeah. You know, we can do that next time. Okay, so because that, that would make be a promise. We'll do this again. Done. I've got done. several areas anytime. I want to dive into as well. Yeah, yeah. Done. Anytime. We'd love to do it again. Yeah. yeah this is fun. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. yeah. Michael, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> cool. Of course. Thanks for having part, me. Guys. Part one. Yeah. We'll, we'll, part one. Yeah. That's next one's going to be at Dawn's, right? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mobile. <laughs> hey, awesome. <Very> <laughs>